Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Yay. And Joa. There's been a poll conducted by Rasmussen, and they asked Americans and different demographics and such about the idea of national divorce. As you may have heard, this Marjorie Taylor Greene character, this Republican in Congress, has been talking publicly about the idea of national divorce. Now, of course, she doesn't really either she doesn't understand what secession means or she's purposefully trying to muddy the waters because she's been painting this picture of, oh, yeah, we think the states should separate, but there should still be a federal government. And the federal government should be smaller, but it should still do things like have a war on drugs or a you know war this on the most this ironic that. thing. What's the you're you're talking between two sides of your mouth? Yeah, she yeah. absolutely is. And like I said, I don't know if she's doing it on purpose because she's just not that intelligent, or if she, or or I don't know whether she's not that intelligent or if she's doing it on purpose. So, uh, but e- evil genius, perhaps. But regardless, it has gotten the idea of national divorce out there. It has pushed the the conversation forward to some extent, even though she's not really being particularly good at communicating the idea. Of course, for those of us that understand secession or independence, uh, the idea would be that there would be no more federal government for anyone that's leaving. And in any kind of breakup scenario, whatever the federal government is today would not exist in that current form on into the future. Now, I mean, there's some important questions that need to be asked, obviously, as far as, well, if there was going to be this so-called divorce where the red states would have their own country and the blue states would have their own country what exactly would happen to the federal government how would you divvy up you know military assets nuclear weapons what happens to the post office i mean there are a lot of questions uh that would need to be asked but uh, marjorie taylor green hasn't been talking about ending the federal government and you know the whole thing with national divorce uh I I see what's more realistic is regional divorce because if because we definitely have two different cultures between you know the cities and the rural areas in mm-hmm. this country. I mean, like New York, for example, you know, upstate New York is all a bunch of you know farm boys that you know light their guns and a bunch mm-hmm. of rednecks, and that's what the culture of essentially most of upstate New York's, with the exception of the inner cities. You know, there's a bunch of those up New York. You know, like Syracuse. Schenectady, Albany, and but as soon as you get outside, of, and even like Colorado, you got away from the cities. It's all it's all conservatives, a bunch of liberals in the cities. Mm-hmm. But the real the real thing is is <clears throat> let's take a step back and ask why would we need a divorce? Is it because the um, ex husband is beating the uh, wife, and you know the wife wants to you know uh, divorce? Uh, you know, kind of situation. The you know the cities are dominating and putting you know legislation that applies in cities and enforcing it in rural areas um you know uh so but if the country actually functioned as a constitutional republic as described in article 4 section 4 of the u.s constitution where you have separations of powers and basically you know you just can't violate the rights of the people 99 percent of the population can't vote to take away the rights of one percent of the people and you know all your all your neighbors could unanimously agree that you shouldn't have a right to do whatever and you know we're supposed to be protected in our life liberty and property yeah that didn't work out obviously is not what is happening so 
The uh, but the thing is, is national divorce like state by state just doesn't make sense because uh, well, New Hampshire would be considered some kind of liberal blue state by you know some metrics. Well, the mm-hmm. the twelve percent of the country that actually voted for Biden should not be like they they cannot decide <laughs> right. our right. future. The rest of us, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's, New England is a pretty regional you know area, so we're, we're all sort of you know most anybody who consumes food here is consuming it from, you know, mostly other states. But, um, and, and that's what makes everyone friendly is trade. And, you know, when you put limitations and barriers and sanctions on people, that's what, you know, it, you know, is uh dis disincentivizes friendliness. That's what creates hostilities. And that's essentially what, um, and, and, and I don't think there would be any of that, uh, because if New Hampshire decided not to be, uh, a part of the corporation calling itself the United States decided to opt out, um, by a vote of its people, it would be, you know, interesting, but like, um, you know, there's still going to be truckloads of hay coming into New Hampshire for your cows and your horses from New York and from Canada. You know, there's still going to be dairy products coming from Wisconsin. There's, you know, because it's a marketplace and people want to sell it and it, and if it's basically not a, no longer the feds in there, a federal marketplace. Now we got way more options yeah no more interstate commerce clauses and like the fed doesn't have to put their hand in it we could probably across the line import our own oil directly from russia mm-hmm. uh to our own oil port and s- sort of be uh and, and be way less um you know dependent on you know you know resources because our marketplace we wouldn't right now you can't you know, no one in the United States is going to be able to get a ro- load of Russian oil. Actually, no, I'd rather have, you know. I want to see uh, Texas happen. So Texas exit, and then Texas yeah. can sell us their oil. How's that sound? They have it too. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, they can just bring it to New Hampshire, sure. or we could buy our oil directly from Canada, Canada, and build a pipeline from you know from Quebec right into New Hampshire. I mean, we have got this other oh, awesome yeah. border. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, there's a lot yeah. of options that open up, and New Hampshire does have a deep water port. So, I mean, even though there's not a whole lot of coastline in New Hampshire, yep. we do have a deep water port. So there, that is a possibility. And, of course, right now, I was actually just watching the John Stossel's uh, YouTube channel, Odyssey. Maybe it was on Odyssey. But anyway, I was watching John Stossel last night, and he had a report about the Jones Act. Yes, I saw that one. Which is an interesting, ridiculous thing that prohibits anywhere in the United States from, if you're going to ship, let's say, from Texas to New Hampshire. Right. You cannot ship with a foreign shipping company. You have to use a U.S.-based shipping company. And this had complications with uh, Puerto Rico is what it was. It's complicated a lot of things. Well, Puerto Rico is a big example of because they actually were having a shortage on diesel and food and all kinds of other resources. And they had a ship sitting right there at the bay. But the Jones Act said no. (laughs) They had a ship with, with fuel in view of Puerto Rico, but it was illegal for them to actually come to to uh, deliver that fuel because it was a, for, a foreign ship. And, and the feds are like, you're <laughs> cutting the line. Yeah. Oh, okay. So stupid. Yeah. And they even actually had Chris Sununu from, yes, uh, I, yep. from yeah. New Hampshire appear on that particular episode because the power company Eversource that does the pa- centralized power here in New Hampshire wanted to buy liquefied natural gas, but they couldn't. Because there's no, they could, they wanted to buy it from elsewhere, like in the United States, but they couldn't because all of the ships that can transport LNG are foreign ships. Yep. There literally are zero ships that can do LNG transports that are from the United States. So, and, and this is purposeful. So they want to take these LNG, liquid natural gas yeah. ships, 
and they don't want it sent, you know, coming off of uh, Shreveport, where, well, you know, that east or whatever, uh, out of the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. any of those Louisiana and Texas, and running to, like, New England because they want that ship going to Europe, and then they want that ship running over to somewhere in Ukraine, filling up with natural gas and coming back to the States, probably, mm-hmm. you know, because they do have natural gas comes into Boston, comes into... Um, uh, and you know, and it comes from foreign places. From sometimes. foreign places, yes. But yeah. it, but well, they got and and it and the thing is, is there's just not enough Americans to really do all the work that we got to do that are willing to work. So to have <laughs> yeah. these American ships, you know, the um, and you know, just like the the train stuff is turning into a disaster, you're going to see it with shipping too. It just everything. well, he's already saying that the ships that are manufactured in the United States have gone from like 18 per year to one. Yep. Look what happened yeah. to the trucking business during COVID. Remember when the there was all the news about the ships in the harbor yep. outside of Los Angeles and Long Beach where there was a 200 cargo container, uh, 200 cargo ships out there. They didn't have enough truck drivers within the United States. Well, it wasn't actually truck loads. drivers. They didn't have enough. Here's the problem with California. So I used to really pay attention to Well, California trucking. has regulations against certain older right. trucks. Right. So I used to pay a lot of attention to um, the trucking industry. Mm-hmm. And with, uh, so all these brand new semi-trucks running down the road are basically somewhat pieces of junk. They're, they have um, these engine um, emission systems that are really, really just abusive on the actual engine coming from a mechanic's point of view. So what they have is they have exhaust gas recirculation. They have these diesel particulate filters that are like tens of thousands of dollars on a semi-truck, just, you know, these diesel particulate filters. Uh, they have um, this stuff called urea, which uh, they call it diesel exhaust fluid. If you ever go to the pumps, you see DEF everywhere. It's diesel <laughs> exhaust fluid. Hmm. And what it does is sprays into the um, <clears throat> exhaust to uh, neutralize some acid. And, and anyways, when it gets cold, when you let the truck sit for like a week or two, these systems have a very, very high failure rate. A lot of the farm qu- equipment, is a, like a lot of farmers don't even want to own the guy I worked for in Colorado, he doesn't want to own anything because it's so finicky, like with the emissions okay. controls, that there's a big failure rate. And what happens is these tractors and these trucks go into what's called limp mode, and you can only drive them really slow. Hmm. Every truck driver listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. So what a lot of guys started doing was you can delete all this stuff off these trucks. So like, and so the EPA has really started hammering on a lot of mechanics and you know shops that do this stuff. They call them diesel delete, and you'll see like... These trucks go from getting like four and a half miles to the gallon to getting like seven and a half miles wow. to the gallon. It's a huge difference. It's huge difference. Like pickup trucks go for like Dodge 3500 diesel pickup trucks, say like a, you know, 2012, 2020 truck. You, they go from getting, you know, 15, 16 miles to the gallon, driving them like a car. And then when you delete all the emission stuff, reprogram the computer and hack mm-hmm. them, you know, guys are getting almost 25 miles to the gallon with these things because now you're using all the technology to, you know, really make them efficient. But what mm-hmm. happens is... The exhaust uh, is called like a NOx rating is a little off or something. And, and, and you know, the environmentalists don't like it, but it, it actually really restricts these engines. And the other thing it does is the engines run extremely dirty. So you get this soot in your diesel engine, which wears them out. So you'll see a lot of these new trucks have a lot of downtime. So the only companies that can run California for the past several years are companies that are, are guys that are running um, uh uh, EPA tier five, whatever compliant trucks. So these are trucks like basically manufactured after like 2012 for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and a brand new semi trucks, like, you know, $200,000 for a decent one. Uh, you know, and, uh, that's not the trailer. It's just a truck. 
So these things are expensive to buy, so only the big trucking companies can really buy them. So but, a lot of independent operators, they're still running their old rigs right. from back whenever. They work fine, they're running fine, but they're not allowed into California. Seems like so, they're cutting out the upper middle class, whereas like independent drivers, these like freelance uh, truck drivers, yep. uh, they can no longer survive on their own. They are forced into contracts well, into their trucks. There's a lot more to it. So, for example, these new trucks are really hard to maintain and maintain at this specific emission level. So what happens is, uh, like, for example, there's this uh, outfit called Fitzgerald Truck Lines uh, or Fitz- Fitzgerald Truck Sales, and they do what's called a glider kit. So this is where you can buy, like, a brand new, you know, Peterbilt or Kenworth semi-truck, and they buy it with no engine, no transmission, and no rear axles. They just get it. It's called a glider kit. And what you can do is you can put an engine from, like, a 1995 truck in there. Mm-hmm. It's a pre-emissions engine. And so technically, you that whatever the engine serial number is, manufacturer date, that's what dominates the emissions thing and then they trick these engines all out with the computer programming and all kinds of really good parts they put you know decent uh, and regular transmissions rear ends in them and these guys are getting like between you know eight and ten miles to the gallon haul and freight they've almost doubled their fuel mileage and when you're putting like six hundred thousand miles a year on a semi truck that's a huge amount of money so uh, hold on, you're they're saying they're all banned from California. You can't even do that as of now. Wow. Like, so if you had like a 1995 Peterbilt semi truck mm-hmm. and you drove it into California, you you would be like a criminal. You can't wow. even do like the old you know truck. We were talking about the Rasmussen poll that found 34 percent of Americans are saying they think that the red and blue states need a national divorce. Now, you know, if I were called on this poll and asked this question, it would be a tough one for me to answer because I'm in favor of secession, but I don't know if I'm in favor of what Marjorie Taylor Greene described as a national divorce, which would leave the federal government intact and somehow divorce the red states from the blue states. It's not really clear exactly what that would mean. making... Two countries? It, it, no, obviously it wouldn't be two countries, right? Because if there's one federal government oh, of course, yeah. overarching over both of these that properties. That sounds like more centralization versus actually, because we're all independent states, supposedly. And then, you know, making this a red-blue thing, that seems like, all you know, merging of states. It's so confusing. I don't even, th- I don't know if she knows what she's saying here, because what it sounds like is that uh, yeah that there would be even more like homogenization amongst maybe there would be like a lefty government and a righty government over all of these states right. who knows what exactly she she has in mind she's put down the crack pipe but she doesn't want to get rid of the federal government so therefore it's not real secession so i don't know if i would have to say i wasn't sure or if I agree or I disagree with this. Well, she sounds like she doesn't want to get rid of her position of, you know, certainly not of a congressman. But uh, yeah, the, the the whole idea. So first off, the states by themselves are sovereign individual nations, anyways. That's the way it's supposed to be. But what happens? Act like it. But what happens is there is you know the federal government is has essentially is bribing the states constantly with all kinds of money. Mm-hmm. So like one of the biggest things with strings that, attached that 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 we could do is first off stop accepting the money. Right. And New I Hampshire mean, has done it here and there, but not often sure, like enough. New Hampshire, I think, is the only state that doesn't have a seatbelt law. Correct. And there's uh, always like a few million bucks yep. the feds are dangling over us for that one. So so, so the idea of just, uh, you know, rejecting the federal money, uh, you know, there's like, here's a, a absurdity of more federal money. There's a guy, um, his name is Younger. I uh, forget his first name, Thomas Younger. He was on uh, Tim Casta a couple weeks ago. And Jeff, Jeffrey Younger, uh, and he was talking about how when the state 
uh, when you go to divorce court or you go to custody hearings and the state awards child support, that for every dollar of child support the state awards in whichever direction, uh, they get reimbursed from the federal government 66%. And in Texas, that money goes into what's called the um, judicial retirement fund, that 66% of whatever child support. So, Meaning that the verdict against whoever parents so if yep. the dad has to pay a thousand dollars a month then the federal government pays the, uh, the courts pays their pays your judicial retire judicial pension fund i believe it's uh-huh. called or retirement fund pays them 666 dollars. that's insane and so this is a major incentive and and basically what he was saying that this is probably happening in every single state <clears throat> Uh, just, you know, the, the same exact stuff because every federal offer that's made to one state, all these other states mm-hmm. get the same federal offer, you know. Uh, it's just like with the DCYF stuff. Every time DCYF conducts an investigation on a family, they get like a $6,000 check. From the feds? From the feds, through from the um, child safety whatever act from, you know, the Clinton years. This is some pretty messed up uh, incentives here. Yes. And again, more reasons to walk away from this. By the way, since you mentioned the seatbelt thing, uh, it it's back every two years. Some statist authoritarian in the New Hampshire, either Senate or uh, representatives, puts forward another seatbelt requirement bill. And so it's in the House right now. Uh, looks like they're going to have an executive session on it this week. So hopefully... So buckle up. Well, <laughs> hopefully... They will uh, shoot this thing down in committee, and then it won't. I mean, it never does pass, although right now it's a pretty split house, meaning that there's just barely maybe one or two more Republicans than there are Democrats. And if enough Republicans or whatever Democrats don't show up on any given day, it can go one way or the other. So hopefully this thing won't get through. You know what people should do? They should follow any of these uh, representatives out until they get to their car and see if they're buckling up when they leave. (laughs) The wrong question is being asked here. The better question is, you know, what do people think about independence for their state? Not this whole let's team up with all the other blue states or with all the other red states, so-called national divorce. But what about the people of California? What do they think of CalExit, of the idea of California declaring independence, becoming its own little socialist nation there? I mean, obviously, well, the, the at, red counties Ask a farmer like or yeah. ask a, you know, a, a city hipster riding his you know, bicycle to, um, you know, to go get his latte. Uh, well, they're going to get a different answer. get a different answer, yeah. They're a socialist uh, state because they get the most money from the federal government. That's why they can be socialists. I actually was looking the other day about that. I think California is technically a donor state. It's a donor state? I think. I thought they don't pay an income tax and they because they because the feds give them a lot of money. I that's just what I saw. I did not look deeply into it. I think it was it it qualified as just barely a donor state, meaning that they get back 99% of what they pay to the federal government. So they would have been a uh, non-donor state if they got back like over a hundred percent, right? So, Cal- wow. what, what really needs to happen with California, a state like California, if it was, you know, like there's a a movement for a Northern California, just like there's this, you know, Greater Idaho, you know, movement to get folks, you know, in, in get the uh, Eastern Oregon Eastern counties, or- yes, to join Idaho. Because uh, <clears throat> pretty much everyone in rural, everyone in rural America everywhere is just not happy with their city. Right. And their city politics. Uh, you know, w- what we had, the cities are basically multicultural democracies. And, you know, rural America is, you know, really 
pretending to be a you know constitutional republic, um, which it's not. I mean, at least the evidence is you know what's going on with governments and stuff is showing that's not what's happening. But <clears throat> more of what I'd like to conversation would be is what are we going to do to fix this problem? Because the problem of big city well, uh, leftism versus the rural the, areas. Yeah, the problem of you know people they them and those who want to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly coming against. Uh, you know, me and my friends who want to be left alone. And and that's sort of a way a lot of a rural America really feels is that they're constantly being encroached on sure. by the city. I uh, mean, that's true. They're absolutely paying taxes to support the city people. I mean, yep. you don't know how many stories of, you know, Massachusetts farmers that had these big, beautiful farms in the 50s, 60s, and 70s of, you know, uh, whatever. And then the cities just grow up around them and they basically... So now the guy's got a whole bunch of neighbors that are like, we don't like the smell of your cows, and, and they're and basically Dude, I was the guy here gets first. run out of town, right? <laughs> uh, you know, this is why I I seen somewhere in New York they're building a development uh, right down the road, and this guy puts up this big old sign, and it says, "Notice farm animals." Um, you know they uh, they they poop right in front of you. They um, <laughs> they have sex. They uh, they smell. They yeah, make they noises at inconvenient hours. Uh, you know, this farm's been here for 200 years and, you know, we were here first and, right. you know, it's something like that. And you know, on a hot summer day, it smells like S-H-I-T, you mm. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and, know if you can say that, but you just did. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. I don't know. I, that one I'm not sure of. But anyway, go on. But anyways, so um, <clears throat> the uh, so so anyways, that. Uh, you know, this the thing is, is is a solution is, like I said last week, the cities are really polluted and people are being raised in these polluted environments. Mm-hmm. And then their brains are being polluted by Internet devices. And then they're being further polluted and indoctrinated, you know, in the public school systems. And it's like if you really love your 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 children, don't put them in public schools. Don't don't let them sit with an Internet device in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, especially while they're little. I mean, you could probably, you know, the. Like that first six years, no internet device is super crucial, I think. Now, I don't and, think that you're wrong about that, but there's also some people who want to force that on yeah, Oh, people. absolutely. Uh, this Vivek guy. Those. I don't know if you've heard this Vivek character, this guy that's uh, running for a Republican Yes, I was president. there for his announcement, actually. Oh, you actually went to, yeah. to this What's guy? What's he want to force but, now? Uh, he wants to force young people to not go on social media. He wants okay. to yep. uh, mandate that a, anybody that is under the age of 16 or 15 baloney right there. Uh, would not go on. At the same time, at the other side of his mouth, he's saying, I believe in freedom. And then he says, however. Right. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, I like, could tell he was a snake in the boots. Oh, right, he's scum. Right away. I could just tell because, you know what? Uh, it, He's trying to like reach the crowd here, and yeah. he did a great job. But then he starts speaking. I'm like, I don't agree with anything this guy's saying. Like he says, like these, you know, uh, key words like, uh, "We got to end this wokeness." Like, no, you don't. Let people be woke. If America's not a freer place in 20 years or in a generation, or and it's our fault. Sure, it is. Uh, you know, it's just the people who are alive right now who are making the decisions. Uh, a guy literally said something about. If you could go back to 2009 and you could only bring one piece of knowledge with you, what would it be? And I knew he was looking for the answer to be cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, the knowledge would be don't let your kids use Internet devices. <laughs> you, know, you make that choice so your kids don't grow up to be algorithmic slaves. But in today's economic times and the fact that governments made everything so difficult and just just inflating the money and making it basically that 
you know, you know, marriage is not popular among Americans anymore. And, you know, lifetime commitments and things like that are not popular. Divorces are like all time high. People aren't getting married. The, the single parent like thing is an academic, an epidemic. That's the real epidemic is, you know, single moms, you know, something mm-hmm. like 23% of the children in America are, are being, you know, 85% of those are being raised by a single mom, but they're single parent families. And there's a, um, and basically the the problem with the mom the thing with the mom is she on most situations has almost no choice but to get on a dole get on a government system yep. you know take that welfare check uh at least that's what she feels uh so then and and there are a lot of those guys that are the ones that are um you know I'm and not who needs a them. man when you got a government check and then and then you know Wait, that is the man the internet <laughs> <All> right <laughs> uh, you know the internet device can't hold you though has oh. become the babysitter <laughs> you know yeah. the internet device has become the babysitter and it's, and it's warping a lot of brains but no, I don't think it should be banned. I don't agree no. with you know that that thing that hard. But uh, there's just a lot of government incentive out there to essentially you know like tablets are almost nothing. In fact, uh, there's uh, welfare programs where you get your kid his own tablet when oh they're two God. years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was telling me about it. I almost believe that was. Well, California, it's like outside the grocery know. stores, they like yeah, free phone. And I'm like, I just like was curious. I wasn't going for it, but I was like, what kind of phone do you get? And they like show me a phone. It's like nicer than mine. I'm like, what do you have I to do bought, to get it? I bought this for a thousand dollars. You just sign up, you get a free phone. For what? And it's like they, they literally were getting like thirty gigabytes a month. What, what do you mean for what? So it's just a phone company. It's a that's subsidized selling? Obama phone. Oh, it's a government phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And I was like, thirty gigabytes. Holy cow! You should be like the wow. homeless people. Homeless population should be starting a revolution with thirty gigabytes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, they're not going to start a revolution no. if they're given they're free drugs, yeah, free phones. I mean, you know, I mean, you really want to see an upset? Shut off the Wi-Fi in your house and see what your kids do. Now, oh, yeah. imagine if, wi- up. if the Wi-Fi didn't work with all the people in the city, and there's no more Wi-Fi. What would people do without their social media drug and start Great having point. withdrawals? It's like when electricity goes out, and then you know you see these like all these really pale people coming out of their house houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know the uh, oh, I'm homeless, but man, I can Facebook. But I know, Jay, you wanted to talk about the court system and DCYF, and there's a yep. situation uh, involving your wife who has been targeted. And of course, you by proxy. I mean, your, your family's being being targeted sure. here, uh, by the, the government goons in New Hampshire, and there's a court hearing that's uh, slated for Monday morning. Monday morning. It's right after yep. uh, Liberty Forum wraps up. Yeah, that's right after Liberty Forum. In fact, uh, I don't know if any, I, I'm not making it to Liberty Forum this year. Hopefully, some people that are going to be there can sort of remind people about it or say something about it. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, if you're in New Hampshire, I'll visiting, say something. Yeah, if you're visiting but, in New Hampshire, this is something to do. You know, so, yeah. come on out. Activism to right. support. Do a little activism it, before you go home. It'd be nice to fill up the courtroom. The courtroom is at 32 Clinton Street, Concord, New Hampshire. It's basically right off of exit two off of Interstate 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mile and a half down the road on yep. the left, essentially. Easy to find it. Yep, yep easy Bring to your find. cameras. And uh, the charge is uh, childhood endangerment. <clears throat> and this Is was, that a felony or a misdemeanor? It is a Class B misdemeanor, I think. Okay. That means no uh, jury trial if it's a Class B. Okay. And um, so, yeah, we have a motion to, to dismiss uh, prepared, and I'm going to, you know, attempt to be my wife's counsel. Uh, we'll see okay. how that goes. And now, they call that, I think, a attorney in fact up here, if I recall correctly. I, I don't know if there's different I've rules. I've heard that term before. Yeah, I don't know if there's different rules for couples, for husband and wife. Um, you know, maybe you won't have to jump through the, the hoops, but I know that 
there's a rule in New Hampshire that allows anyone who wants to represent another person in court to do so uh, with, but with the court's yep. permission, of yep. course. And so you got to agree to like and, dress nice. And, and I'm not looking to represent rules. anybody. Yeah. Uh, What's that mean? Just to oh, represent. Re- represent. Somebody. Best I can tell, it means to represent. So these lawyers essentially represent you. And lawyers really can't actually defend you. They just represent you uh, because it's all a fictional system, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, a- a- everything that's involved with it. And uh, But anyways, this stems from, uh, you know, last last March, uh, my uh, my wife uh, ran into a store in Concord, New Hampshire, and uh, left the car running, you know, with the climate control on. And, you know, my daughter, two-year-old daughter was... You know, uh, I had just fallen asleep for her nap, mm-hmm. and uh, so she strapped a baby on. Well, she got the baby out of the out of the car seat, breastfed him, strapped him on, ran into the store, came back out to some busybodies, uh, had to change the baby again and breastfeed him more, and uh, finally um, got out of there. And then, <clears throat> but there was a wait, wait, wait. There, she came out of the store, and there were busybodies busy at her bodies car that called cops because they saw a, was the a cop the there at that point. Uh, I believe the cop had like just arrived, mm. um, and uh, but the you know my daughter was you know s- strapped into the star- car seat mm-hmm. safely. She was asleep. Uh, kids sleep wicked good in a car. If yeah. anybody knows that, she's not getting out. She's strapped in, right? Yeah. And um, you know, right out, right outside the the store door. You know, DCYF uh, they they go get this order from family court, and they act- and they say that the Henniker Police Department. You know, told them that my my house was like a, a compound with, um, you know, lookouts, and that I'm dangerous, and that I'm anti-government. This is what DCYF said. The police told them in an affidavit mm-hmm. filed in a court that I have a signature on. Uh, you know, so it's a sworn affidavit affidavit wow. by a um, a social worker, mm-hmm. and then um, the uh, chief of police, he's like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this." You know, these guys, you know, my guys didn't tell him that. Oh, that's interesting. So I just got a public records request. You should be able to ask about that under oath then in court. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a, well, and I, so I got all, a, I did a, a right to know request for all the emails between, uh, you know, police department and um, DCYF, you know, yeah. concerning, you know, my family. And uh, I, I meant to bring them to the studio tonight so we could read some of them. Oh, but, you got them. Uh, no, I, I got them. I didn't bring them. They're at home. I yeah. didn't bring them. But yeah, so next week I'll, I'll, I want to get into that. And Oh, interesting. You know. But basically, the chief of police is like, you know, I, I went there. I met with the family. Uh, I looked at the, you know, I looked behind the ears, you know, and, you know, of the kids. And he he, he gave his description about both my son and my daughter and how there was no visible mm-hmm. dirtiness on them. They weren't dirty. You know, he named all this stuff off. And, he and you know, he kind of you know, stood what to look for. Yeah. And then he, to- and he tells DCYF, these kids are not neglected or abused. Hmm. And they're like, well, we don't care. We need to investigate, investigate. And and while this is going on, I'm telling the chief police, I go, you know why they're doing this is because they want the federal money. Hmm. So what what keeps um and well, one of the things I'm starting to learn about, and actually, uh, Joe, I meant to talk to you about this today, but I'll just say it here in the air. I would really like to find someone who understood about like municipal bonds, government hmm. bonds, uh, because what I'm I've done a little research, and what I'm under the impression of that. All of the money that's collected essentially by the taxpayers goes first to service the pension funds of the state, of all the employees of the state, county, city, town, village, hmm. blah, 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 federal government. But uh, And so this is very true in many states, especially uh, California. 
um, where the pension systems are like uh, very upside down and sort of insolvent mm-hmm. because, you know, who's running the government pensions is but a bunch of rookies. You know, anybody who's like a really good investor. Yeah, not the people that are retired. <laughs> anybody who's like a really, you know, high end, really good investor is not working on government pensions. You know, they're working for big companies mm-hmm. that are going to pay them out well or whatever, or, you know, millionaires. So, and, and, and so the pension system is taking all the money first and then whatever money's left over is going to infrastructure. So like, this is why like, you know, in, uh, Henniker and where New Hampshire it costs, you know, literally $19,800 a year per student to go to school. Mm. And like something like all that, like a big massive amount of that money, I'm speculating maybe more than half of it is going to just fund pensions. Wouldn't surprise so, me. <clears throat> so like I was saying with, um, you know, the federal government is supporting the judicial pension of the Texas judiciary uh, with the child support scheme, you know, mm-hmm. kicking in, 60, you know, giving a 66% incentive, according to Jeff Younger. We got Frank on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, hey, and I want to talk about Free State Project, but, I, but before that, I just want to uh, ask Jay or find out if Jay, if he cooperated with the CPS and allowed them to interview his kids or even interview him without a court order. Oh, I, I, even with their court order, I would have told them to, you know, um, <clears throat> prove it. Prove that I'm a slave. Prove their kids belong to me. I mean, my kids belong to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, and, and even I was going to get back into that. And some of the documents I was reading today, so they actually got a contempt charge against me. And really? The, and and the, so the first order orders a police officer to do this. Doesn't order me or my wife to do anything. And then the mm-hmm. second order orders me and says that. The, From this what court? Family court. Okay. Which I would. And they have all this stuff ex parte. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, to make a long story short, <clears throat> as I said to the chief of police, yeah, I'll, I'll let you, I'll do the, uh, I'll let you and your lieutenant, do, you know, do this. Uh, and the DCYF said no. And um, and chief's like, okay, I'll ask him about it. <clears throat> so he comes back a couple of days later and he says, you know, I emailed them and they uh, they told me that I, I wasn't qualified to do this, <laughs> which which offended the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, and, and his... Um, and one of his, his his officer that that we agreed that would could be part of this, uh, you know, has like um, experience in sort of like social worker type line of work. Um, you know, his female lieutenant, uh, <clears throat> and like so, like the qualifications are there, and the order even allows for this. I mean, you know, let's just you know, I'm just trying to be peaceful and come to the table with you know something because you start you know internet searching you know dcyf and the horrible stuff they've done is it, it, it actually you, you make you want to throw up it'll make you sick mm, sure uh, what happens with these uh with this with this agency anyways um so yeah the, there was never they never came to my house well they came but so I that was where leave. that ended but where did, where did you find out about this contempt order i mean oh the the chief of uh, uh police uh, calls me up he goes you know they well actually i found out about the contempt order after the uh chief of police motioned the court to vacate the order Hmm. Because so for in another affidavit, the uh, social workers claimed that uh, so we actually went and met with the chief of police at the local breakfast place. We we go there like once a month. Uh, nice little pancake house is mm-hmm. called right in Henniker. And um, it's uh, it's a really great restaurant. And, um, you know, we've been you know, my kids been going there their entire lives. And uh, they write in this report that I just allow my kid to just run out the parking lot <laughs> and. And uh, th- so I went and I met the, with the police chief of police there while the social workers are sitting in their car watching us, which we didn't know what was going on at mm-hmm. the time. 
and they they said that my kid just like ran outside the restaurant and this is why they have to interfere and they have to you know come in and um but meanwhile they're like oh no the police can't go see if you know can't go inspect the place so this is why the uh, Hanneker police department put a actual did a motion to vacate the contempt charge because they just lied in their affidavit and then they said you know that the police said that this happened you know that uh our, our one saying i let the kid run out and and there's a patio behind this uh-huh. uh, place it's like a it's like a 12 foot by like 30 something foot patio with like a you know a 42 inch wall you know fence around it it's all okay. you know fenced in and um <clears throat> so yeah my my daughter would you know i'd let her walk around because we're done eating dinner and she's a two-year-old and you right. know doesn't want to sit there and i would just she'd walk out the door and i'd follow her out the door we walk around a little bit and just follow around and then go back in the restaurant mm-hmm. and it's kind of our normal routine um you know especially when i take the kids out to the restaurant i don't want to just you know take them out of the high chair and stick them in the you know in the car seat we we let them go move and play and a lot of times what we do in the summertime at that place is we run around on the grass in the front yard rob in vermont well, I mean, I just wanted to, to tell Jay that uh, I really wish him you know, the best of luck on Monday. Uh, it, it upsets me. So I've known Jay for quite a while, you know, and to go ahead and for those social workers to paint him out to be like somebody like Randy Weaver is upsetting just because just he's got the layout of what he's got at his house. And for them to, to paint him as somebody that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, awful person that's absolutely wrong yeah and my my homestead is like you know a basic new hampshire homestead (laughs) yeah there's no fence or anything like that like you know probably every 10th property up and down the road is like set up pretty much just like mine yeah all the only thing that makes your homestead different is you're a dome house yeah yeah that's that's it i tell you i can take you down the legal quagmire of what the department of child welfare does to people they destroyed me and my family over 40 years ago, and, you know, they'll do what, see, the family law and the criminal law are two different entities, okay? Mm. And, you know, the family law, I mean, it's all about fraud and money. These people get paid to to do horrible things to people. Uh, they These people, the judges, the lawyers, the social workers, when they adopt out a child, I mean, they get thousands and thousands of dollars for this all the time. Yeah, there's it, a, it's nothing new. There's a really good documentary out there, um, Save the Children. It's on band.video. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in that documentary, they get into a lot of the financial, like they do a little financial forensics on how much money the federal government is giving all these states and like California and New York get massive amounts of, you know, CPS money. Um, and there's, it's, it's, it's a insane amount of money. And actually where a lot of the money comes out of is social security It's taken right out of the social security, um, you know, uh, pension fund, which is, you know, just a pyramid scam anyways. And I don't, people probably ought to invest their money elsewhere, not into that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a blatant, child trafficking scheme if the definition of trafficking is is basically doing something for money because they're absolutely oh, doing for it sure. for profit they're doing it to pro- keep their pensions propped up and uh i would love to you know put all this together and you know present something because uh, because this this could be a major major part of a new hampshire exit strategy here's one reason 
one of the biggest reasons we need to get out of here, uh, you know, get out of this uh, relationship with the federal government is because of all this money mm-hmm. they're giving to an agency that is basically doing nothing but destruction to children. It's well, it's ironic because, like, I feel like uh, what DCYF and whatever uh, uh, CPS, they they essentially are creating a victim, the child, they could be taken from their home, and now they're, you know, being molested in another family, and now DCYF is forever into that kid's life until they're 18 uh, because mm-hmm. they can never put this kid in the right family when they should never have taken it from the family in the first place. What would we do if it if we didn't have this government agency keeping us safe from parents that are abusing their kids? What do you guys think? Well, first off, the government has taken too much control in general, so people are just dependent on the government, you know, for their services and like basic uh, community sort of efforts. Um and who all kinds of, you know, further faucets of government but see this is where the community comes involved Mm -hmm. you know if um if i saw someone you know in my neighborhood abusing their kid i'm gonna say something i'm a part of this you know this neighborhood this community of sorts so i'll say something that way but i mean i wouldn't try to take someone's kids away um it's very circumstantial at that point imminent danger is another story right Mm -hmm. like if a kid is imminently in danger i think it's the responsibility responsibility of people who know to go do something about it but well, I think that is the answer to the question here because it is a tough. That, that's, question. I was going to say something like that. It's, it's kind of like first off, I want to say hi, mom. Mom's listening. Hey, uh, mom. Anyways, like you know, if you saw like some dude beating his wife, mm-hmm. or you hurt, or you see a woman that you know looks like she's beaten, and you maybe you know that somebody's beaten her, or you start asking some questions or whatever, you would want to. Uh, I, I would want to render aid or help in some way or some form. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can relate to an action that I have taken on, a sort of a vigilante action before, was there was a woman I knew who had these goats. And basically she was very much neglecting them. She was a drug addict. And, and like the, I, so I go over there one day to do something or the goats keep on getting out and the goats are very have no water. They got like no food. And as, you know, as soon as they see me with a bucket, they come running. So I they nice. just followed me back to my place and I just put them in a stall and I'm and then I turned them out with my goats and this lady shows up like three weeks later she's like hey my goats been missing I'm like really she goes yeah I went out there today and they weren't there I'm like oh that's interesting and she's looking right at her goats <laughs> they're in with my goats that's how and, bad it was she couldn't recognize right, her own right, goats. right. Yeah. But she was like a she was like a straight up junkie and mm-hmm. um, it was a very sad story and I'm like yeah I don't know you know but I yeah I went and stole her goats that's what I did mm-hmm. now. Do you have no, a right to go steal someone's, you know, livestock? No. Um, and, you know, but I knew who the, I knew what the situation was. But, like, you know, this particular, if, if the situation was the same with the kids and the kids came over your house for a couple of days and, like, she didn't, you know, and she comes looking for them three days later, not sure where they are or something. Mm. You, you know, I mean, it's. It, but, it, Jay, you, you, you didn't steal the goats. You rescued the goats. Yeah, they just I th- yeah I I left the door open and they followed me <laughs> for real. Yeah, oh, you want water? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So we right. have state agencies that are doing dealing with this animal stuff. You know, uh, whatever they, ASPCA or something they call them, animal control. Mm-hmm. You know, they there's all kinds of people who've been harassed over and neglecting their animals, and you know those animals are private property. Well, if somebody's beating their wife, you got to intervene. If somebody's beating and abusing their children, uh, yeah, you should be a little bit nosy about things I, I i tend to i'll say to some people sometimes i'll ask them things that are like considered nosy i'll say hey excuse me i'm kind of no- nosy but you know what's up with uh you know your kid there or whatever you know mm-hmm. or you, things going on your kid's constantly looking at a device that's concerning to me i kind of think that's child abuse so i want to have a talk with the parents about mm-hmm. it 
But the thing is, is just and because the state has take charge for that, an attitude of a lot of people are, well, that's why I pay taxes. So, you know, so so the state can do that. You know, uh, that's why I pay taxes. <laughs> so there's welfare, like and, and like they uh, say it willingly, <laughs> right? So so all, all of these systems have just become corrupt because. People aren't being responsible for their own communities anymore. People mm-hmm. aren't looking out for each other. And then it all got whole. Well, I don't have to worry about it. I pay taxes. Right. 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 Become yeah. bitter, too, when things do happen in front of you. Like, why isn't the government doing anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pay taxes. I don't want to do it. Yeah. The and government th- should be doing it. I think if it came down to what you guys, you know, what you guys are talking about, which is rescuing somebody from an abusive situation, whether it be an animal or a child or Liberating or whatever, them, too. Liberating uh, them. Then I think that... You know, if it came down to it, if that person wasn't a complete drug addict or whatever, and they didn't even know what was going on, they did know what was what was happening, and they brought some sort of case against you, like, "Hey, you took my kid uh, yep. from me." It, we, you would have to be willing to to put up a defense on that, yep. and hopefully, the kid would say, "Yeah, I prefer to be with Jay," or yep. you know, whatever. It's the most important thing you can do for your kids is get them out of government schools. You want to talk about abusing your kids, sending them to uh, the government indoctrination camps. That's a prime example, too, is if you look at the public schools in any any geographical area, it is the worst performing education institution. And most expensive. And most expensive by far. So if you look at for so right now for this, you know. For protecting children, youth, and families, what we have is the absolute worst possible system we could have. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of employees of this system who have what's called um, uh, qualified immunity, which basically means that they are immune from prosecution uh, if they uh, civil and liable, civil and criminal liability, uh, if you know, while they're acting uh, under the veil of the state. So, what does that do? That creates uh, a culture. This has been going on for generations. This, you know, um, qualified immunity with DCYF ever since they've been around. This creates a culture of irresponsible people. Irresponsibility means lack responsibility. The term qualified immunity equals irresponsibility, lacking of mm-hmm. responsibility. You don't have to be responsible. So when and, and then what happens is, you know, we have three to five percent of our population is sociopaths and you have these huge bureaucracies that have hundreds or thousands or and even on federal levels tens of thousands of employees Mm -hmm. and you know you're getting some psychopaths in there absolutely and and, and a really smart psychopaths the the aggressive ones claw their way to the top and they don't care what they got to do or these to get there these clean record record uh you know child abusers they're actual child abusers, and they just have a clean record. Mm. So they, you know, they, they, never they gain these positions, and then they abuse kids, like Joe Biden. Sure, yeah, maybe. <laughs> sure, oh, looks like it. I mean, the laptop says so, and, and and his daughter's diary refers to him as basically he is a pedophile. Joe mm. Biden is absolutely a pedophile. If you believe Ashley Biden's diary. And you know, and just look at him. He's a, he's a creepy guy, uh, sniffing little girls. Oh, yes. And and the thing it's is, weird. It's really the, weird. The, you have all the stuff with his son. You like his son is not shy about how he's smoking crack. And his son know. apparently labeled his own father a pedo Peter in yes. his phone. Right. Okay. got the when the phone got ripped and revealed to the public. But back, like back to like to DCYF and like even the people that showed up at your house, they I don't think they even have kids. Oh, right? so so that's another like, big reason they don't understand yeah. these factors. I so, don't either, so I can't really speak for it. But that's what that's a general trend going on in the government is that these people that want to like you know take your kids away don't have kids themselves. So if you go on my YouTube channel, and I actually should set up an Odyssey one, uh, but 
YouTube channel, J Noon, uh, and you look and there's a video on there. It's uh, J Noon DCYF, and you can check out you know this this social worker who and a social worker is a you know um <clears throat> a very much of woke city culture mm-hmm. uh and she doesn't have any biological children and which which is fine and you know um as far as i know she doesn't have any kids or whatever but like you know when they are telling the chief of police who has kids biological children and another police officer who's a biological mother they you know don't have any business you know they're not qualified qualified or doing this stuff um, and yet you got someone who's basically, you know, you know, went to school for, you know, liberal arts or something because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, and maybe, you know, got a, you know, a degree in whatever, you know, degree you need to, you know, childhood education or something to be a social worker. Yeah. Um, or culinary art for spirit cooking. Sorry, go ahead. And, and so, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, with the state, it doesn't matter what the degree is in the views, as long as you got some, you know, can prove that you're, you can, uh, you succumb to the brainwashing of the, you know, education system and mm-hmm. go to college and get some degree that's the, the level that's they, they pay care about okay so i asked this woman the social worker i says uh melissa coombs is her name i says uh, do you have an oath of office and she didn't she didn't answer me but if you can go on there and watch that video and you know see if you'd want you know this lady who represents the probably the most viable organization to children youth and families just take your local state abbreviation you know here and and New Hampshire's NH, and I did NH DCYF settlements right on an internet search. Mm-hmm. And you will just be shocked of the stuff that you read. Speaking of Russia, I have a good friend. Uh, he um, he rides around with me when I go do, uh, you know, some farm stuff when we're moving cows and pigs around. He likes to come mm-hmm. with me. So we spent a lot of time in a truck together the past couple of years. And uh, he, um, <clears throat> I think his, he left Russia like right about the collapse or, or it's somewhere in the early nineties. And, um, and he's got a couple of kids. He moved to New York city and then he, you know, moved here for the free state project a couple of years ago. And he told me that Russia had a very, very robust, uh, black market. Sure. So when Russia collapsed, it's the only way you could probably feed yourself. It, it was, it was the only way you, you could. So if like you worked, so like, uh, for, he was, t- we talk about a lot about relationships and um, so basically he was like, he's an engineer, computer engineer. And he's like, I wasn't of much value for like a relationship because I couldn't steal anything from work. If he, he says his friends that worked in a factory that manufactured, they would literally fill their pockets and their lunch pails and everything with whatever, nuts, bolts, paper clips, mm-hmm. anything they could possibly. And everybody was doing this in every factory. And then they were moving these items on the black market. And... You know, and and uh, all the Russians I've met that come from Russia, like they all know how to garden. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he was saying is they they had a house in like in a, in a village, and they had like a acre lot that was like a two hour train ride away that they would go to like every weekend and tend their gardens, do their stuff, and they'd work them all summer, and then bring home the harvest. And very few people had like what you would consider like a lawn. Everybody had some kind of something yeah. growing anywhere that yeah. was dirt. But you had to be, you were very active in the black market. So when Russia collapsed, people knew, understood the black market. And it wasn't, it was, he called the collapse of Russia really soft hmm. compared to what he thinks the collapse in America is going to be. Because in America, people don't know it. very few people understand the black market. If they can't swipe right. their EBT card and, you know, pull, pull the uh, microwave meal out of a freezer in a grocery store and mm. put it in a microwave, they're not going to eat. You know, um, I've seen some group homes with uh, mentally challenged people 
still able to garden and feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's and, and and like that's like the number one thing I'm teaching my kids right now is, and what I'm advocating the people to do is teach their kids to uh, understand food, to know what food is, to know, know uh, about gardens. This is why my kids are raising chickens and pigs and cows with me, and. You know, my daughter's uh, actually watched those butcher chickens and pigs, and she's actually helped me kind of butcher a pig already. Um, and, you know, she's uh, she's really understands where meat comes from. You know, we were on vacation, and she's telling kids in the park, you know, oh, yeah, beef comes from a cow, steak comes from a cow, and it's cow meat. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, she understands these things at three years old. <clears throat> and... She gets her dopamine hit from, you know, uh, gathering up the chicken eggs and feeding the cows and feeding it. Actually, feeding chickens is so much fun for little kids. And but there's a lot of, you know, people that are in their 20s and 30s. They've they've never stepped in, you know, animal dung. They've uh, you know, they have no idea where uh, this food comes from. A lot of people really believe it's it's at the grocery store. And beyond (laughs) that, they don't even care. Or like uh, I've seen three-year-olds that just can't hold their balance. Your kid is like on an ottoman that's like cushy and stuff. And it's like, she's like balancing while drinking water out of a mason jar (laughs) that I saw earlier. And I'm like, holy cow, this kid's only three? I had this crazy story. I figured it's worth a mention here. New York Post reporting that a New Jersey woman's fight against eviction ended in a deadly blaze Wednesday when she intentionally started a fire in the home she shared with dozens of cats and refused to vacate. The woman and her cats died in the massive fire, which broke out shortly after 11 a.m. in Roosevelt, New Jersey. State police had served the woman an eviction notice, but she refused to leave and instead threatened to blow up her own home. Well, I wonder what they were evicting her for. Does it say in the article? Uh, I don't know if we get into to that. That's code a good, violation stacking up, or wouldn't not su- paying it wouldn't taxes. surprise me. I mean, a lot of times <laughs> you deal with a cat. You know, you deal with a crazy cat lady. You probably are dealing with a you know a hoarder to some extent. And well, you there's may an have actual like that. disease you can get from uh, cats. It's a parasite, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget what it's called. I know what you're talking about. It's if they scratch you or whatever. You yeah, get you can thing. get this uh, disease to where like you just love your cat. <laughs> I, I actually pretty sure I know know some people that have had this disease and. Um, it's um or this parasite um and it's basically a just simple anti-parasitic drug to to fix it i i can't remember but you what think, it's called do you think all the crazy cat ladies have this thing no this but but it's a real deal yeah it, no it's, it's real, a real yeah, thing I've heard about uh, it. i don't i mean there's crazy horse ladies there's crazy dog ladies mm-hmm. there's there, there's people i used to sell hay to that were getting evicted out of their house they hadn't paid their mortgage in forever and mm-hmm. you know they're like oh i'm just gonna move into my camper at the barn at, at the farm and they got like nine horses and you know they're gonna move into a camper because they can't you know because they have a whole bunch uh, one horse is like having a mortgage payment and uh you know so there are yeah definitely crazy people who you know are, are sort of obsessed about their animals and <laughs> it does look like it was as i s- suspected possibly like a, a hoarder house or yep. a, a dirty house they do show the uh the notice here that's posted as an unsafe structure says this building is declared unsafe for human occupancy so that usually means that this person is living in some level of filth sure uh and that, that's just my you know my guess here According to sucks, though. yeah, according to the New Jersey State Police, they said we're getting reports that the resident turned on the gas prior to igniting it. Neighbors were evacuated while police had a standoff with a woman. Multiple fire departments responded to the home but were unable to get her out alive. They knocked on our door this morning 
said a neighbor. And then apparently this woman also had, it's one thing to burn your own house down, but apparently there was an attached home that had had a renter in it. Emma Quackenbush, who lived in the attached unit for 22 years, told New Jersey 101.5 she'd lost everything in the fire. She says, this. Uh, my house is gone. It's still standing, but it's not livable. What? So, Can you say her name again? Quackenbush. <laughs> Emma pa- I'm Emma sorry. Quack- this was the woman who survived. I know. Okay. So it sounds like it was clear. a duplex. Could and be. And she be. was probably renting. Yeah, she and, was. And, you know, the poor landlord, you know, needed to evict this woman because she was, you know, if you got, you know, I, I had a duplex house before. I was a renter and I... I had to actually remove someone who was like excessively dirty mm-hmm. that was living there. It, was, it sucks. My house actually had flies on my side. Oh god! And the, the guy had from a whole, the neighbor from the neighbor, uh. and he would like. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what was going on with you know, oh, over there, no. but he was basically getting pizzas delivered every day, and he was throwing all the pizza oh. boxes in like this back room. Oh I'm like, god! Why is there so many flies? And then I oh, man. go over. I go into the basement, and there's like a bunch of flies <sighs> and. And then, uh, so I went into his side, and he's got, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Was and this in Massachusetts? Yeah, this is in Massachusetts, a place uh, where you guys came down, you, like, oh 10 God. years ago. You don't, you don't want to know. And uh, so, yeah, I... I, <laughs> I um, it's only the surface of it, I'm sure. I finally got rid of him. I mean, you had a horror story, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I had a neighbor, two houses down. This is a house I grew up in, but two houses down. The the house was uh, torn down after the, the lady passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had gone in there just one time. Because like we were checking up on her and mm-hmm. see what was going she on. She an old lady or something? Older lady, mm-hmm. yeah, probably like really like eighties. Uh, but there was probably like fifty, sixty cats in this house. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. There was TV dinners everywhere. Just she couldn't the, like uh, properly feed them, so she was feeding them. I think like shelter food or whatever, like you know, wow. um, the food that she was getting for free. But it was it was really gross. Uh, wow, man. That, that's why they just completely destroyed the house. Was, yeah, you can't. I mean, it's just so bad. You don't even want to clean the thing. I, I was just in tear a, it down. In, like I'm not even joking. Like two seconds. You I was got in the mold house. in the walls or whatever. I was right? getting she, hit with ammonia. You know, probably did everybody a favor. Burning her own place. Burning the place. Like the guy who owned the place was probably he like. He can collect the insurance he, now, Maybe. Right? I mean, if he's yeah. got insurance. So <laughs> I, I, and and but you know the poor woman who's you know the abutting yeah. renter. Yeah. You know, if she didn't have renter's insurance, um, you know, she's probably totally screwed because a lot of times the, uh, you know, the the insurance that the landlord has doesn't, you know, cover, you know, whatever with the renters. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.